there is no such thing as 100% passive income. Even if I'm thinking of the most passive income possible, there is still some amount of effort required. At a very young age, at a very early stage in my business, I learned how essential it is to outsource. I can't stress enough how essential it is to outsource, to delegate, to ask for help, and to find mentors. Instagram is a beast. There is no lie that every single week the algorithm changes, there's a million new features, there's so much to keep track of, so much you have to worry about, and all you're trying to do is scroll your business, trying to get more customers and make more sales on Instagram. That is why we created the Insta Club Hub to help you learn exactly what you need to know to stay up to date with the changes that are actually relevant to you as a business owner and to help you grow your following and customer base on Instagram. You can check it out, best part, for only $7. You can join a two-week trial for only $7. That's 50 cents per day for two weeks. And all you have to do to grab that trial offer is go to instaclubhub.com forward slash trial. Again, that link will be down in the description. But right now, while you're listening, you can just open up your Safari browser or whatever internet browser you use and just go to instaclubhub.com forward slash trial. Hey, what's up? And welcome to this episode of Build Your Tribe. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the five biggest lies of entrepreneurship. I feel like I'm seeing it less so nowadays, but definitely five years ago, and even still sometimes today, there's this like silly, goofy, overly extravagant depiction of what entrepreneurship and owning a business is really like. Oftentimes, I'm seeing people who are renting giant mansion Airbnbs, and they're renting out Lamborghinis, and they're doing like these photo shoots in front of the house and they're like flexing on the car and they're talking about passive income and how they're a six-figure entrepreneur and they're a multi-millionaire and all these things when in reality behind the scenes a lot of that isn't true and a lot of that is being told to you as a lie so that you end up buying their course or whatever it is because they want to make some money actually but i am seeing less of that nowadays but it's definitely still in a lot of people's minds and even beyond the lamborghinis and the giant mansions i think that there's a lot of misconceptions that people have around entrepreneurship there's a lot of things that people don't understand about entrepreneurship and a lot of things that new entrepreneurs get caught up in and that's really the purpose of today's episode is i wanted to share these things with you to kind of set your reality and your expectations where they should be in my opinion because if we go into this go into this world of entrepreneurship starting a business a side hustle passive income whatever it may be with the wrong intentions or with the wrong expectations it can lead to some pretty poor results it can lead to frustration burnout overwhelm quitting believing that you've been sold a false dream and in many times that narrative that's being sold to you on social media isn't true. Oftentimes, the super polished, perfected podcasters or the you know hyper-edited Instagram influencers, they portray this unrealistic reality of what entrepreneurship and business owning is all about. Because let's be honest, before we even get into these five biggest lies of entrepreneurship, no matter what you do, there is no easy route. Unless you're lucky enough to be born as the child of billionaires who die at a very young age and then pass their fortune down onto you, 
There's no easy way to make a lot of money. There's no easy way. There are definitely easier ways, but there's no overnight, quick, magical success that doesn't take a lot of work. It doesn't take a lot of effort or knowledge. And you can just kind of sit on the couch for a couple hours and then boom, suddenly you're a multimillionaire with a really successful business and a great family and a great life and all of your needs checked off and met. That's just not real life. That's not realistic. And I hope that's not the belief you have going into it. I don't think that's the belief that you have going into it. But still, with that being said, there is this belief that entrepreneurship is so easy. I'm going to leave the corporate world. I'm going to leave nine to five. And, you know, it's just once you start passive income, you just spend a couple hours on some website and then you're good to go for the rest of your life. You can just collect the checks in the mail every month. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. And so the first lie of entrepreneurship that I wanted to address is this idea of passive income. There is no such thing as 100% passive income. I will argue with anyone. I'll even argue with one of my favorite peoples in entrepreneurship, Pat Flynn, who has the Smart Passive Income podcast about this topic. And I think he would actually agree with me. I don't think he would argue me on this one, but there is nothing that is truly 100% passive. Even if I'm thinking of the most passive income possible, there is still some amount of effort required. Let's take, for example, Sean Cannell and a green juice video that he made about 10 years ago on his YouTube channel. He was talking about this green juice that he had been taking. It's like a powder that he'd been mixing in with his water. He talked about why he loved it. He talked about its features and benefits. And he put a link, an affiliate code down in the description. And from that video, still 10 years later, he's still getting views, which that video is now monetized. So he's getting paid from YouTube AdSense and he's getting paid from the affiliate commission from people searching for, watching, and then ending up purchasing that product from his code or from his link. And so he's still earning an income off that video 10 years later. Now, is he doing any effort now to make sure that he's able to earn an income from that video? Probably not. Probably a very, very minimal amount of effort just to make sure that the link is still working, make sure that it's still current, make sure that the video hasn't been taken down, make sure that his YouTube channel remains in good monetization standing, but he probably doesn't need to put in that much effort today to make money off that video. It's mostly passive, but even that It's not 100% passive. And of course, that doesn't even mention the fact that 10 years ago, he had to put a lot of effort into actually creating the video. He had to put effort into creating a very SEO-friendly title, into creating a thumbnail that would grab people's attention, into actually scripting and filming, recording, editing, uploading the video. So it took a lot of effort up front. And really, that's what passive income is all about. True passive income is putting in a lot of effort upfront, sometimes days, weeks, months, maybe even years of effort to build a business, to build a stream of income upfront. And then after that, it's usually just little tinkers, little tiny bits of maintenance to keep it running. And so it's mostly passive after that, but there's no such thing as 100% passive income. It just doesn't exist. Besides an inheritance, I don't think there's anything that's 100% passive. Number two on my list of the five biggest lies of entrepreneurship is that you should be following your passion, finding your dream, finding your purpose in life. And that is what entrepreneurship is all about. No, it ain't. For some of us, our passion and purpose is totally outside of business. It's totally something that has nothing to do with making money or growing clientele or building a social media following. It might have absolutely nothing to do with that. Like there might be no way to monetize your true purpose or passion. 
For others of us, there's a way that you could monetize your purpose or passion, but it's going to be really, really tough and it's going to take the fun and the joy out of your purpose and passion and it's not going to be what you're passionate about anymore because you instead have to spend 14 hours a day trying to scrape by and make money chasing after your dreams. And so I believe, especially when you're first getting started, especially when you are brand new to making money online, becoming an entrepreneur, oftentimes your thought, your goal should not be to find your purpose, to chase your dreams and follow your passions, but instead, what's the quickest, easiest, or most efficient way that I can earn an income? When I first started my very first business, I was not chasing my dreams. I was not following my passion. My passion at that time, my dreams were to play in the NFL. My passion was playing college football, and that's what I was doing. But when I started that first business, I had very little interest in the actual content, in the actual topic that that business was about. Many of you know that first business was called Unwrap Snap, and in that business, it was an e-course where I taught moms how to keep their kids safe on Snapchat. I wasn't passionate about keeping kids safe online. I didn't think my life's purpose was to teach moms how to use Snapchat and understand what the teens are doing on Snapchat. But I knew a few things. I knew, number one, that it was a skill I had. I had recently taught my parents and even my grandparents how to use Snapchat, so I knew that I could teach older generations how to use Snapchat. I knew there was a market for it because it was all over the news. It was all that people were talking about in the social media world is the drama around Snapchat. Snapchat was super popular. There were disappearing messages. There were creepy people. What is going on on Snapchat? The parents and the older generations largely didn't know how to use it, but they were scared of it. And so because I knew there was a gap in the market and I knew I had what it took to fill that gap, I started that business and it was a way to make money. Now, did that make me a six-figure earner? Did that establish me as you know a, a worldwide keynote speaker and a thought leader in this space? No, it didn't. But it provided me a lot of valuable lessons. It provided me with the income and capital that I used to start my next businesses. It provided me with the background, the social media following, the presence, the skills, and the confidence to pivot that business and to change into Snapchat marketing something that I still wasn't super passionate about, but I was more passionate about marketing. And so with each iteration, with each change, I get a little bit closer to something that is truly bringing me joy and something that is truly fulfilling my passion or my purpose. Now, as I do social media marketing more broadly and specifically Instagram growth marketing, it is something I'm passionate about. It is something that I love to do. It is something that I geek out over, but I was able to get to this stage because I started by first embracing the suck and doing something that I wasn't super passionate about, but that I knew I would be able to make an income off of, and I knew I would be able to see results and see a win, and that would propel me into this next stage of business. I also think the pressure that we put on ourselves to find our passion and discover why we're on this planet can be debilitating and it can stop you from starting a business in the first place or from growing the business successfully and recognizing the gaps in the market that you could fill. Like there are so many opportunities for all of us. There's so many opportunities for you to make money online. I guarantee you, if we were to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation, we could come up with like a dozen, if not 20 or 30 ideas of gaps in the market that you could fill, that you have a unique qualification or expertise or background or story that can fill those gaps and make you money. But oftentimes we're so caught up in this idea of I have to follow my passion and chase my dreams and find my purpose that we ignore all those other things that are actually going to set us financially free, all those other things that are actually going to allow us to find our purpose and chase our dreams. 
because we're so focused on first and foremost, chasing the dream and following the passion. I'm passionate about traveling and snowboarding with my wife. I'm passionate about collecting Pokemon cards and playing my Nintendo Switch. I'm passionate about film reviews, but those aren't things that I necessarily can easily monetize, nor do I want to. Instead, those are things that I'm now able to do. I'm able to travel around the U.S. in an Airstream trailer with my wife every winter. We're able to live in the mountains. We're able to do all these things, foster dogs, and I'm able to have a giant, like down here below my camera is my giant binder filled with Pokemon cards, and I'm able to do those things and enjoy those luxuries because... I first embraced the suck and started a business that I wasn't necessarily passionate about, but that I knew I would see results from. Before we go any further, I do want to say that a lot of this is covered more in depth in the Marketing Impact Academy, as well as not just the lies of entrepreneurship, but like, how do you actually build passive income? How do you actually identify those gaps in the market if you're not able to have a one-on-one conversation with me? That's what the Marketing Impact Academy is for. It's from taking you from idea to income. And we only really open that about once or twice a year, but we do occasionally do pop-ups and webinars and trainings to help you learn a little bit and possibly even invite you to become a member of the Marketing Impact Academy, you can find a link to that down in the description or in the show notes of this podcast. And I would highly recommend joining the waitlist just so that you can stay abreast and be in the know when we do open that up because it's usually only for like 48 hours and you might miss the window. But now my third biggest lie of entrepreneurship, and these aren't in any particular order, but the third lie that I want to address is that you need to do it all by yourself. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to burn the midnight candle. You need to you know, be a solo entrepreneur and figure it all out. Do it all by yourself. You need to do it without a team. And that couldn't be further from the truth. That is the opposite of the truth. I don't know why there's this ego involved or this pride that people take in hustling and grinding. And I'm just going to outwork everyone else. And I'm going to destroy my relationships and destroy my home life and destroy my personal joy and my personal health, my physical health, my mental health, because I'm just going to grind and grind and grind and hustle. I know there are certain entrepreneurs, no shade to them who preach that. And listen, if that's you, that's fine. Maybe you're coming to build your tribe for a different reason. But here at Build Your Tribe, we do not subscribe to that notion. We do not subscribe to the ideology that is given to workaholics and workaholism. We know firsthand about the dangers, about the realities, about the slippery slope, about the relationships that can be destroyed because of workaholism and because of addiction to working and hustling and grinding. And I know that so many of us entrepreneurs feel this guilt if we aren't working 24-7 or if we aren't doing things ourselves and if we're not the one figuring it out and learning it, when in reality, that is the opposite of what we should feel. What we should be embracing is outsourcing and delegation and hiring teams and looking for mentors and asking for help. One of my big goals for 2023 that admittedly I did a good job of earlier in the year and I think I've been slacking on it recently is asking for help, asking for help more often, asking for help in your personal life and in business. And it's so essential as entrepreneurs. We can't do this alone. If you can achieve your dreams by yourself, then you are not dreaming big enough. What that means is if you can achieve success without a team, without mentors, without guides, without people who you can outsource and delegate to, then you're dreaming small. And I don't want you to dream small. I want you to dream big and achieve that success. And you're only going to do that with a team, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. As cliche and as silly and goofy as that sounds, and you've been hearing it since you were six years old on that little t-ball or soccer team, it's true. 
One of the biggest reasons that I've had success in my business and on my social media is because at a very young age, at a very early stage in my business, I learned how essential it is to outsource. And even though I knew how valuable it was and I had heard every expert talk about how important it was to delegate and outsource, I was still petrified when I hired my first team member. I was 19 years old at the time and my business had made less than $3,000 in total profit. Less than $3,000. In most places in the country, in the United States, that's not even going to cover one month's rent. So anyways, my business was very fresh, very new, but I understood, you know, I need to rip the bandaid off. I need to hire a team member. So I hired this woman to be my quote unquote assistant, but I put that in quotes because I really didn't know what to give her. I didn't know what to have her do at that time. So she was essentially just sending me a weekly email with what the latest trends or changes on Snapchat were. Like this would literally take her probably 10 minutes. She could set up Google alerts, pull out a couple you know, news headlines, send them to me via email. She really wasn't doing all that much. And it wasn't really making that much of a difference in terms of like what I was able to do in my own business. But let me tell you this, the first month after I hired her, I doubled my income in the business. We doubled our sales. Why is that? Because number one, I now had someone who I was responsible for. I had someone who I was paying their paycheck. I was sending them money. They were working for me. And so I had a responsibility to grow this business, to make sure that I was expanding the business or else I wouldn't be able to pay her. And also I'd be losing money, right? So I started working harder. I started finding more ways to be more efficient and to automatize and systematize things. I was able to produce a lot more while working a lot less. And then from there, because I had ripped off that band-aid, because I had hired that first person and I now knew that it wasn't so scary and that I could do it, I was able to give her, my assistant, more roles and responsibilities that actually did lighten the load on me, which then freed me up to work more efficiently and produce more and generate more students and more income. And so I can't stress enough how essential it is to outsource, to delegate, to ask for help and to find mentors. Your business and quite honestly, your life depends on it. Number four on my list of the biggest lies of entrepreneurship is that everyone is cut out to be a leader or everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. And I used to think that was true, but I just don't think that's true anymore. Some people are meant to be role players and that's totally fine. Not everyone is supposed to be an entrepreneur or a CEO. Some of us thrive when given direction and clear objectives and we're going to clock in and clock out. Like that's totally fine. There shouldn't be a shame in working that kind of life. Or if that's you, that's totally fine. Not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone needs to be a leader. I think most people have some form of entrepreneurial qualities. You might have some things about you that might lend themselves to becoming a better entrepreneur. And you can definitely learn things. You can pick up skills. You can attend seminars. There's plenty of growth that can be had. But I also think that you don't need to put this unrealistic and unnecessary pressure on yourself or maybe your spouse or your child or your partner, whatever, to be an entrepreneur, to be a CEO or to be a content creator if that's just not them. And also, this goes back to my previous point. When you do start to build a team, not everyone on your team is going to think the way you think. They're not all going to be able to deliver and produce the way you do. So it's important to, as you're building that team, figure out what everyone's skill sets are, what are their strengths and weaknesses, and to put people, including yourself, in positions where you can thrive and where you can succeed and where you can grow. 
Because I know oftentimes we're told that, you know, we should focus on our weaknesses and we should improve them and we should work towards what we're not good at to make it better. But oftentimes I think that maybe the opposite advice might be more beneficial. Instead, put yourself in positions where you can rely on your strengths, where your strengths can get even better. Like, let's think about Tom Brady, for example. Tom Brady, arguably the greatest football player of all time, the greatest quarterback of all time, but also notorious for being quite unathletic, quite slow. Like a lot of people will play you his 40-yard dash time when he was coming out of college and getting ready for the NFL draft and show you how slow it was. People often made fun of how he was very immobile and he couldn't run around very much, but he didn't focus all of his off-season training on speed work and on becoming a better runner and becoming more mobile and agile. Like he definitely, you know, worked on those things a fair amount so that they didn't become a kryptonite, but he didn't spend the majority of his off-season training on the treadmill and running around the track to become a better speedster. He instead leaned into his strengths, his knowledge, his ability to study his opponent, his throwing motion, his technique, and things like that, his relationship with his teammates, his leadership skills, rather than focusing all of his time and efforts on what he wasn't great at. Think of whoever your favorite person is, whoever you think is the best in whatever it is you're into. I don't care if it's like music and you're thinking of like Taylor Swift or Beyonce or if you're thinking of basketball or any sport or football or if you're thinking of piano playing or if you're thinking of sculpting. Like I don't care what you are obsessed with and and what you are into and who you think is the best in that space. But think about that person for a second. And I bet that person spent more time improving their strengths than they did focusing on their weaknesses. And then last but not least, the fifth biggest lie of entrepreneurship, and this one might actually be the biggest of all nowadays, is that you need to have a social media following. You need to have a massive social media with tons of hyper-engaged followers. I want you to think of the biggest business tycoons in the world. Almost none of them are where they are today because of their social media following. It's not because they got a certain amount of likes on Instagram that they knew how to run a successful business. Now, can having a very large and engaged social media following lend itself to a better business, more customers, more leads? Sure, but it's absolutely not necessary. And if the first thing you're doing as an entrepreneur is trying to build a social media following, you're building a house of cards. You're building a house that's on quicksand. It's going to crumble. It's going to fall. It might look really pretty for a minute when you have a couple hundred K followers and you're getting great engagement. But what happens when algorithms change? What happens when the platform gets banned? What happens when the platform now requires you to pay a monthly fee just to reach a quarter of your followers? What happens when you get hacked? What happens when your account gets wrongfully disabled and terminated and you have no one to contact about it? It is a scary place to be. If you're an entrepreneur whose primary or sole focus is building a social media following and your thought is, well, I'll figure out the business stuff later. I'll figure out the back end. I'll figure out the email list. I'll figure out my funnels and my sales later. But right now, I just need a really big social media following and then I'll convert them all into followers down the line. That's like putting all of your eggs in one basket, but there's a big giant hole at the bottom of your basket and all of the eggs are just falling straight through to the ground and cracking into a million pieces and now there's egg yolk all over your floor. Good luck cleaning that up. It's not a good plan. It's not sustainable. It's not reliable. Anyone who has a large, successful business will tell you the same thing. They are not successful solely because of their social media following. Their social media following, in some cases, does lend to more customers and a better business, but the social media following was not their primary focus. 
Building a social media following is like step seven of building a successful business. And it's a step that isn't even required or necessary. You can have six-figure launches without ever making a post about it on social media. You can build a multi-million dollar business without even 2,000 followers on Instagram, without even having a TikTok account, without having ever uploaded a YouTube video. It is possible, but you have to know the systems and the strategies in place. You have to follow the blueprint and the right steps in order to do so. And unfortunately, and that's why this is such a big lie, most people believe that step one is I got to grow a big social media following. If I want a big business in today's day and age, I need a lot of followers. I need a lot of social capital, as it's called. And that just isn't true. If you want some more information about what that blueprint is and what the actual steps are, again, that's what's covered in the Marketing Impact Academy. Again, it's not open right now, or at least I should say it's probably not open right now. Statistically speaking, odds are it's not open at the time you're listening to this. But down in the description, you can find the link to join the waitlist. That way we can notify you when it is open and available. It really only opens maybe once or twice a year. But I appreciate you for listening today. So thank you so much for spending your time with me. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. But make sure to hit that subscribe button. No matter where you're watching or listening, the subscribe button is the best way to make sure that you never miss an episode. My mom and I, we put out two of these super valuable, educational, inspirational, captivating podcast episodes every single week. And we put a lot of effort into these for free. It doesn't cost you a single dime to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed today's episode and make sure to stay tuned for the next episode of Build Your Tribe. And heck, even scroll back through some of our past episodes and binge listen. If you're going on a long road trip or you got a long flight up ahead of you, maybe you got some chores and errands to do this weekend, go ahead and download some of these episodes and uh, have yourself a little knowledge party by listening to Build Your Tribe. But thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I appreciate you. And as always, happy networking.